Good morning. So as you can see, I'm not Juan, but this is where Juan lives, and it was snow, 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 snow. And so we were texting back and forth all day yesterday, and we finally made the decision late yesterday afternoon for him to just stay in Indiana because he was going to drive this morning and then come and be with us for worship. And I thought, I cannot, I wouldn't feel comfortable having him on the road. And if something happened to him, I did not want to have to fight with his wife. So I was not doing it. I was not doing it. So the title for today's message is The Joshua Generation. Can we pray together, please? Most holy and gracious God, we just thank you for bringing us out here today um, to fellowship with one another, to commune with one another, and to hear what you have to say to us individually and collectively. God, I ask that you open up all of our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we may hear only from you. God, I just thank you for this opportunity. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, we heard the, um, the scripture was read for us this morning, Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. And so I'm grateful to Clinton and Aubrey for just being able to just switch on the dime like that. Because I was looking forward to hearing from Juan and to hearing um, about Matthew 25 and what he had to say about that. I recall when I was younger in the ministry, and um, I believe that was the first Bible study I had to facilitate it was on that scripture, and I was using PowerPoint, which was new to us then. And so I thought I was all of that in a bag of chips because I was able to use PowerPoint and other people weren't. So I was looking forward to hearing what he had to say about that. So time itself is neutral. It can be used either destructively or constructively. More and more, I feel that people of ill will have used time much more effectively than have the people of goodwill. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. Human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men willing to work, to be co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation. We must use time creatively, and the knowledge that the time is always ripe to do right. So Martin Luther King, it's an excerpt from his book, Why Can't We, Why We Can't Wait. So I just had the next slide was the scripture that was already written, already read for us because I wasn't sure. So can you imagine how Joshua felt about the situation that he was in at the present time? Can you imagine having to fill Moses' shoes? So if you recall the scripture that was just read for us, Joshua was just given a charge, just given the command to take over, to lead the people to the promised land after Moses had died. He was called to take the place of a man who could speak to God through a burning bush, who could cast down his rod and have it turn into a snake and then retrieve it and find it to be a rod again. Can you imagine being the one who follows a man that could stretch out his rod and divide the Red Sea? Or a man that could bring water out of a rock when the people died from thirst? But wait, there's more. Joshua now finds himself the leader of a group of people 
known for murmuring, complaining, backsliding, and wishing they were back where they came from. Jeez. Having to fill shoes of a great leader and then having to deal with the complexities of humans and lead them forward, that's a lot. God now looks at Joshua and says, you're the man, there's work to do, things to accomplish. Moses had led the children out of Israel, the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and through many precarious situations. And now there is the promised land still to be reached. As the book of Joshua opens, the Israelites camped along the east bank of the Jordan River at the very edge of the promised land, and they are completing the mourning period for Moses, who had just died. Thirty-nine years earlier, the Israelites had the opportunity to enter the promised land, but their lack of trust in God to be victorious resulted in God denying them entry to the land and made them wander in the desert until all of the disobedient died. Access denied. Access to what they had been promised was no longer in their reach. The opportunity for greener pastures was no longer an option. Opportunities today for entering the promised land or what we will call achieving success comes with the mindset that to achieve prosperity and success, we operate under the notion of having a relentless desire to get ahead or the thought that it's all in who you know. Yet Joshua was taught that the strategy for achieving prosperity was to be strong and courageous. He must be strong and courageous because the task at hand would not be easy. He needed to obey God's laws, read and study God's word, meditate on it day and night. You may not succeed by the world's standards, but in God's eyes, he would be a success and it was only God's opinion that mattered and the only opinion that will last forever. Moses was denied entrance into the promised land. Here he stood with a glimpse, and if we use our imagination, we would imagine that he could see the promised land as clearly as we could see Canada from the shores of Detroit. We would imagine he could see himself walking that portion of God's earth and taking in the riches of the land. The command to be strong and courageous, it was repeated three times in God's charge to Joshua. Perhaps this is repeated because Joshua was intimidated by the greatness of Moses. Maybe God wanted to make sure Joshua understood what he was destined to be. In 1968, an American civil rights activist by the name of Martin Luther King Jr. got a glimpse of the promised land. He also was denied entrance. Prior to his denial, there were others who were denied, such as Harriet Tubman, Shadorna Truth, Frederick Douglass, A. Philip Randolph, Fannie Lou Hamer, but the spirit of hope was embodied in some of the Negro spirituals such as, I want, to walk, I want Jesus to walk with me and ride on King Jesus. And each of these persons had just a glimpse of what it would feel like to reach the promised land. The promised land, a symbol or a metaphor for getting where we want to end up. It speaks of reaching goals that we strive for, achieving something that we desire or long for. The image of the promised land has inspired people of faith throughout the ages. It's a picture of what fulfillment would look like. It's a picture of our human desire and longing. Christians throughout generations have expressed their divine imagination of the promised land. The promised land was a place where the land flowed with milk and honey, a place where the people could not only cry, free at last, free at last, 
but also home at last. The promised land was the kind of place of which the prophets later wrote, the lion and the lamb would graze together, and the little child would play by the nest of the cobra and would not be harmed. The promised land is a land of abundance for all, where justice and peace actually have a long-lasting relationship, where they are more than just acquaintances, they are friends, and where strangers are welcomed with open arms. The peace and joy of the promised land replaces the fear of the wilderness in which we wander, but yet today and tomorrow, as we celebrate the contributions of a modern-day Moses, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who was the embodiment of radical love and preached justice for all toward the beloved community, we've been reminded of this quest to reach the promised land. May I suggest that we are the Joshua generation? We've been given this charge to lead the people to the promised land. There are many that believe that they've achieved success in their lives, and for the most part, perhaps they have Perhaps they have, if we look at success with our human eyes, but when we look at, when we use our spiritual eyes and our spiritual hearts, we know that we have not yet reached the land of milk and honey. We know that we have not yet reached that land where peace and justice prevail. The question today is, what are we doing to achieve it? What is our contribution to leading the charge to reach the promised land? We've accomplished so much. And we may find this measurement in the words of Dr. King when we reflect on his dream when he said, it's a dream deeply rooted in the American dream, a dream that will one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. His dream was that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the son of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. His dream was that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. His dream that his four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And although we've seen these dreams move from hopes to realities to an extent, a new, a new question arises for the Joshua generation. How long must we wait to see action towards the overwhelming acceptance of violence of all people in our country? How long must we wait to see action towards the lack of respect for the human being and life itself? How long must we wait to see action towards equal opportunity for all not just in the workplace, but for every facet of our lives? How long must we wait to see actions toward overcoming the widening gap between rich and the poor, fighting for an end to, fighting for an end to poverty, racism, and war, the mass shootings that are taking the lives of our children, the lacks of moral laws to demonstrate and speak our minds in a peaceful and nonviolent manner, manner without the outward ridicule from those who have differing opinion? Let's talk about what it means to exhibit God's command of being strong and being courageous. To be strong, we must first realize and accept that God has a plan for our success. We must have faith. To be strong, we must look at ourselves through the words of Reverend Joseph Lowry at the first inauguration of President Barack Obama. 
who revised a familiar saying that may be, f be familiar to some in the Moses generation, because remember, we're the Joshua generation. Lord, in the memory of all the saints, who from their labors rest, and in the joy of a new beginning, we ask you to help us work for that day when black will not be asked to get back, when brown can stick around, when yellow will be mellow, when the red man can get ahead, man, and when white will embrace what is right. To be strong means to understand and to be knowledgeable about racism and that racist ideas turns into perceptions and expectations. And these are those times when uncomfort uncomfortability for some set in. We become uncomfortable when it's time to have the face-to-face -face open conversation about racism and what it really looks like and how we have contributed to the spread of that disease knowingly or unknowingly, and then taking a stand against it, taking a stand to make the changes that will lead to a life of peace and justice for all. To be strong, we must realize that everything in this life will take some work and realize that the believer's life is a battlefield. Immediately upon receiving Christ, the believer finds himself in a constant struggle. He's engaged in an unceasing fight and unending war. His calling is not to a life of, of enjoyment and ease, but to a life of conflict, conflict. We have foes within and foes without, from the cradle to the grave, constant struggle. As members of this Joshua generation, too often we take for granted the work of Dr. King and other members of the Moses generation. Though Dr. King was a great preacher and orator, he was a social activist primarily known for his work with the civil rights movement, which occurred prior to my birth. It's recorded as being started in 1954 and ended in 1968. I came on the scene in 1970, so way before me, just two short years according to the textbooks, but after the civil rights movement ended. When we seek the history books, it is shared that the civil rights movement began with Brown versus the Board of Education. With the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court outlawed segregated education and ended with the passage of the Voting Rights Act in 1965. My mother has shared with me stories of walking with Dr. King, though she was a child herself, participating at the sit-ins at, at the Woolworth store and some of these pictures that are on the screen now, we've seen throughout the years in our textbooks. Even then, it's just such a quick glimmer of what really happened. Your history books might have a quick section, a real brief section on Black Power and Malcolm X. Maybe a small section on the riot that occurred after the signing of the Voting Rights Act. What is typically omitted are the other historical facts that contributed to these riots. What is also omitted is the cruel and unusual treatment opposed upon people of color at the hands of some employees of law enforcement agencies. But we're not going to hone in on the negative aspects and consequences of the civil rights movement. But I want to say that equal rights in all aspects of life have not yet been achieved for the black American. The promised land is still a dream to be realized. As members of the Joshua generation, it is up to us, and that's all of us, to be strong and take hold of the future of our world, one community at a time. To be strong, we must stay the path. We must not turn. We must not compromise. We must not become distracted. We must not become detoured from what the will of God is. We must stay the path set before us. Faithfulness is the key. To be courageous, it takes faith to be courage. It takes courage to have faith. We could ask Peter if it took courage to step out of the boat and walk on water. 
We could ask Paul if it took courage to stand before an angry mob to be beaten and put in jail simply because he was a Christian. In this text, we find that to be successful as a Christian, we will need to be courageous. Joshua says that we need to be ready for it. If we want God to break forth into our darkness, if we want him to bring water into our dry place, if we want our broken walls to be rebuilt, if we want to have mercy for our situation, we must have the courage to move forward. To be courageous, we must be the voice of those who cannot speak for themselves. To be courageous is the opposite of complacent. We must live as if we know that God is faithful. In verse 7, God told Joshua, be strong, rigid, hard, and courageous, brave and established to observe or keep the law of God. Yes, God's faithfulness is seen in his promises, his presence, and also in his precepts. God expected Joshua to walk in his word, to make his word law, to make it a priority in his life. God has not changed. If he expected Joshua to be diligent in his law, he expects us to be diligent as well. God told Joshua, do not turn from the right or the left regarding the word. Do not let it depart from out of the mouth. In other words, he should speak the word. His speech was to be seasoned with the word of God. He told him, meditate on it day and night. In other words, God's commands were to be the guiding focus of his life so that he could do what God desired of him to do. When he speaks, the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart should be acceptable in God's sight. When we meditate on God's word day and night, and the word is in our hearts when we speak, the word of God flows naturally. We don't struggle to find the right words to say when we talk to people, because his word has been engraved upon our hearts. No evil will proceed from our mouths, because what's in our hearts is what comes out of our mouth. So on this day, let us continue to listen to the words of the Lord. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it or to from the do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So as I take my seat, I leave you with the words these words of encouragement. One is from Isaiah 40:31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. For we must be courageous as God fortifies our spirits. And here's 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. As always, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Earlier I mentioned that we are the Joshua generation, charged with leading the people to the promised land. We are also charged with preparing and equipping the next generation to pick up where we may leave off if God calls us home before we see the promised land. Be encouraged in your daily walk, knowing that God has chosen us to see this mission through. Let us pray. God, we honor you today in all of your glory. Lord, we thank you for choosing us to carry out the mission of reaching the promised land. We thank you for choosing us as the Joshua generation. We are mindful and grateful for the work of both Moses and Dr. King, who began the mission but did not see it to completion. 
We are grateful for the anticipated building up of the next generation to carry the mission forward. We seek your face and your presence as we study your word for understanding, developing a closer relationship with you, and to lead us in our daily walk with you. Lord, as we go about the work of being strong and courageous, we seek your strength physically, mentally, and spiritually as we set about this mission. Hear our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.